It's daytime, and we're in what looks like some sort of downtown loft apartment. Light streams in through a window in the ceiling, and a man in a hoodie sits at a laptop. He pulls out what looks like a cell phone and connects it to his computer. His phone is something called a Pony Express Pawn Phone, a device loaded with 103 network monitoring and attack tools. And, as the man points out, it's a dream device for pen testers and hackers. On the screen of the phone, we can see he's running an app called Crack Sim, an app that lets him hack into any cell phone in the world remotely. He enters a number on the screen, and moments later, he's connected to the cell phone of his victim. And with a couple more keystrokes, he uploads a piece of malware onto the unsuspecting phone. And then, a message pops up. Complete, the message says. Device successfully infected. And just like that, he's in. Anything that the owner of that phone can do, he can now do too. In fact, he can do even more. The first thing he decides to do is to eavesdrop using his victim's phone's microphone as a bug. Anything going on in the same room of the phone can now get live streamed. And so, the man in the hoodie waits and listens. What I just described was a scene from the second season of the TV show, Mr. Robot. It's a scene where Elliot, the main character of the show, uses a piece of mobile malware to turn an ordinary cell phone into a bugging device. And it's unsettling for a whole number of obvious reasons, but the one that struck me the most is just how easy they made it look. And yes, hacking does tend to get compressed and and way oversimplified when presented in TV land, but it did get me thinking. At the core of all of this, could this really happen, or at least happen-ish? Are our phones actually that easy to hack? And even if I'm not all that concerned about my phone being used as a bugging device, because quite frankly, I don't think I do all that much that a hacker would actually be interested in eavesdropping on, my phone still does have an awful lot of personal information on it, things that I really wouldn't want a stranger having access to. And I don't know about you, but at this point, I've got my laptop pretty locked down. But on my cell phone, I've got nothing. Nada. And I'm clearly not alone. According to a story on Politico, John Kelly, the White House chief of staff, may have had his personal cell phone hacked. It's still unclear what, if anything, hackers may have gotten from his phone, but just the fact that they may have gotten to a phone that may have spent some time inside the West Wing feels nuts. And if that report is true and John Kelly's phone actually did get hacked, my guess is that it probably wouldn't be all that hard to hack mine. Well, that's what we're about to find out. Welcome to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. This computer is on the job around the clock in case of attack. Their principal target is you. The design is complete, but will it work? Shake hands with danger. So I'm here, as always, with uh, Bruce Snell, cybersecurity expert and, as he likes to be referred to, professional shady character... Hello, Bruce. Good morning, Jeff. So, Bruce, in just a few minutes, a hacker, a hacker who happens to currently be in France, we're going to do this remotely, has said that all the way from France, he can hack into my personal cell phone and he'll be able to track 
everything that I'm doing on my cell phone. Uh-huh. But before this hacker hacks my cell phone, I got a couple questions for you. Mm-hmm. Today, we are talking about mobile phone hacking, Mm -hmm. which is something I haven't really thought a lot about. Like, I have my computer, which, you know, over the course of doing this show, I've secured with all sorts of uh, (laughs) things that you've helped me with, uh, including fire scanning and VPNs and and all sorts of other things. I even back it up uh, to the cloud, which I'm very excited about. Good job. Um, So I feel like, like my laptop is reasonably secure, mm-hmm. though I'm sure I will eat my words at some point. Of course. Uh, my mobile phone, of course, has no security on it, and I don't even think about it as a computer, even though obviously it is. It got me thinking, what is the threat behind behind a, a mobile device? You, you made the comment about it's it's a computer. I mean, there's there's always statistics about, you know, your phone has more power than the, you know, Apollo 12 mission, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but those are all, you know, weighted statistics, right? Um, I think my refrigerator has more computing power than, than, the, <laughs> than the old space capsules, right? But, you know, we use our mobile devices as just kind of a, they're, they're such a part of what we do now that we don't even think of them as distinct computing devices, which they really are. Um, and of course, anytime you have any sort of computing, you're running software and, and any sort of software typically has some sort of bug that a bad guy can use to, to exploit. Not only do I not think of it as a computer, but I don't even think about it in the same way, you know, I think, okay, if I'm going to, if I get a sketchy email that says, open this attachment, uh-huh. I'm not going to open that attachment. And that's usually, I think maybe I'm naive the way into my laptop. Right. I just I just don't think of of people targeting my phone in the same way. You know, it's interesting. There have been a, a few exploits over the past couple of years that take the same sort of method. I mean, there was one of the Heartbleed variants uh, a couple of years ago. You could actually execute it by a MP3 file or MP4 file that was sent to somebody in a in a text. Really? Right? So, and it was it was the auto preview. You know how when you you see a, a video or something that's sent to you in an SMS message. It pops up the little preview window. To generate that preview, data has to be read from the file, right? Yeah. And they found a way that, you know, just reading that that metadata to generate that the image was enough to actually put some executable code in there and, and really effectively hack your phone by just having that little preview pop up. That's crazy. It is. And and I guess I guess, you know, your phone has probably in some ways more personal information on it than than your laptop. Yeah, we don't think about it. And I mean, it's been driving me crazy because I find that I keep leaving my phone plugged into my radio in the car. Okay. You know, of course, I drive the Jeep with no top on, right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Jeep has no top. I, I wear a top. <laughs> Very um, good. I appreciate that, Bruce. But, you know, I, I'll, I'll find that I, I lock the door, you know, and, and start walking to, the, you know, wherever I'm going. And I realize that I've got my phone just sitting there plugged in. Right. And yeah. it's just like, wait, there's all of this data, all of this important information that I'm just leaving behind sitting out uh, out anywhere. One of the interesting stories we found when researching this was a story about a woman who found an iPhone in a bathroom and she was able to find out all sorts of potentially sensitive information about the person who owned the phone without ever unlocking it. Basically, she figured out a way to hack into the phone without using any malware, entirely by using the default features of the iPhone itself, things like um, Siri and Today's View, which is the feature built into iPhones where you can quickly and easily see all the important headlines of your day. Hmm. And uh, our story producer, Pedro Mendez, tracked this woman down on Twitter, uh, tracked her down and spoke with her. And uh, I want to play that for you now because it's actually pretty interesting. 
Okay. Could you just tell me your name and what you do? Um, hi, my name is Nessa May, and I am a student at a university here in Georgia. And um, I like doing aerial yoga and being on Twitter. <laughs> so you don't consider yourself a hacker? No, like I am not tech savvy at all. So, so you know, take me back to the incident uh, that that kind of uh, made you Twitter famous for a little bit, and tell me, tell me what happened. Tell me the story from the beginning. Um, so I just got out of lab and uh, I finished early, so I went to the bathroom and um, I went in this stall and I noticed that there was a phone sitting on the toilet paper rolls. And so I looked and I held down the home button for the iPhone and Siri popped up and I said, um, Siri, call back someone. The phone had just called. Then it stopped and I received an incoming call from that same friend. So I answered the phone and the girl who was the phone owner was on the phone and she said, hi, like, I left my phone in the bathroom. Are you still there? I'm on my way back right now. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm here right now. And about three minutes later, she just comes busting through the door and she's like, oh my God, thank you so much. And I said, um, honey, <laughs> when I pulled down today's view, not only did I see that you had a class coming up soon, but you parked your car two miles away and you have a concert ticket for tonight at 7.30 at some venue. It took me a minute to say, wait, it just showed me where her car is parked and I'm not her. That's what I could do with this information and I could use it for, you know, malicious intent, like if I wanted to. Was it right then and there that you started tweeting about it? No, about two hours later, when I went back to my room, I just tweeted about it like, hey, you guys, like, this just happened. And I was just expecting maybe like 100 retweets or something like that, because I do have a little bit of followers. But when it just took off like that, I was like, oh, my word. <laughs> so so what like, yeah, what was the reaction? How, what, how did it take off? It found like adult Twitter. Like, I'm on college student, you know, not having a nine to five type Twitter. It found the people who like have real jobs, a mortgage, and they started retweeting to their active followers and then everyone found it. And ever since then, um, have you changed your behavior like with your phone or with any other technology? Do you know what I mean? Like, are you, are you, more, are you more careful? Are you more, are you more worried? I have attacked it myself. My phone screen is always cracked. So if you steal my phone, like, it's really jokes on you. It is sort of like a, it's like a security system. Yeah, because no one wants to steal an ugly phone. That is awesome, Nesame. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me. So that it's kind of terrifying. I, I just, I never think that, you know, I have my, my goofy password on my phone. And I think, okay, that's, that's safe, but it's amazing that it isn't. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially when you start act, you know, we have these features that allow us to do things and make, makes our, make our lives easier. Um, like Siri and Alexa, um, and, you know, an okay Google. Uh, but we really don't think about what sort of access those might potentially give us. 
I know. And, and just for people who have iPhones, uh, I did look up UK's Metro newspaper did list some things you can do to protect yourself if you have an iPhone. I can pretend I'm Bruce Snell for a moment and give advice what they recommended. Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I can, I can channel my inner you. Uh, apparently, I'm actually quoting this. You go to settings, you select touch ID and passcode. Mm-hmm. And under allow access when locked, you choose switch off on Siri. There you go. There you Perfect. go. So if you do those things, uh, apparently you won't be vulnerable to this attack. But but kind of crazy that the default setting lets your phone be vulnerable. Right. And I, and I suspect those things may start changing, right? As we start seeing more and more attacks or more vulnerabilities that are discovered. I have an older phone. It's, it's, a, it's a Nexus 5 phone. It's one of the Google phones. It's probably, you know, three or four years old, but it's still, you know, in decent shape. We found an ethical hacker. Mm-hmm. When I told him the phone I have, he was like, ah, fantastic. I can hack your phone. So he has promised to hack my phone uh, remotely. He's in France, and we're going to do this over Skype. Are you are you learning uh, you know French exclamations for, for when he hacks him? <laughs> Zutalor. Zutalor. <laughs> I think I'll probably I'll see if I can work that in somewhere. Okay, if perfect. that's not if that's not too offensive, please do. <laughs> All right, thank you. Yannick. Hello. Hello. Good to see you. The connection worked. Yep. So I'm here with Yannick Fratant... I don't know how to pronounce your last name. How do, how do I pronounce your last name, sir? No, Fra- Fratantonio. Okay. <laughs> Yannick Fratantonio. Fantastic. I, I, very, very nice. I appreciate your taking uh, sympathy on my North American uh, lack of okay. culture. You are the assistant professor in your com in, in Nice, France, mm-hmm. and you study malware? I work on the good side, so it's more on the system security side. I take systems and I try to understand if they can be broken, and if yes, how, and how can we fix them. And you studied uh, something called Cloak and Dagger, which my understanding is a malware that can infect mobile phones. Uh, yes, kind of. <laughs> I've oversimplified it, I can tell, by the way. <laughs> it's basically it's a research project where we try to systematic, uh, systematically study uh, the Android user interface. And we try to understand what kind of bad things we can do. Okay. And uh, you know, our research showed that you know, there were a number of design issues and we could actually mount a number of attacks. As part of your research, you were able to create a piece of nasty malware that can use this this form of attack. Is that correct? Yes, basically, yes. I'm going to trust a total stranger to inject a piece of malware into my cell phone and uh, hopefully not screw everything up. But we'll see. It's it's for science. Yep, it is. All right. So so let's try this. So what what do we have to do? I am I am opening up my phone. Mm-hmm. And you have sent me an email uh, with a link because uh, my understanding is you sent the email, you thought if you put it on the Google Play Store, they wouldn't be particularly happy with you if you put some malware there. They would not they be would, pleased. They would not be pleased. Yeah. So I am downloading this link. Uh, I'm just going to... Okay, so it's downloading onto my phone and I will install the application. This is what we call proof of concept. So it's basically, it's an application that it just to show to researchers and so forth that the attack is possible and... Okay, but but in, in theory, could this be sort of bundled in with a different app? Absolutely, that's exactly how a bad guy would actually use this attack. Okay, so so I, I could download a free game or something and this could just be sort of... Free game, wallpapers, okay. and things like this. So, yeah. let's, so I, I am staring at my phone screen and I, I have two choices here, cancel or install. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do it, I'm doing it. I'm clicking install. 
Okay, so I am I am installing your piece of software onto my mobile phone. It's funny, and while we're doing this, is there a difference between iOS devices, iPhones, and Android phones in terms of vulnerability? It seems, from an external point of view, that Android is more affected by uh, you know bugs okay. and things like this. But honestly, the, I don't I don't think that's the big deal. The big deal for Android security is that there are many many devices that basically they will never see security patches. Many, many, many hundreds of millions of these devices will never see these patches. So if you have an older phone, it's no longer supported for security patches? That is correct. So I guess I have an old-ish phone, a Nexus 5. Uh, it's an Android phone, a Google phone. Is that still supported with security patches? Nexus 5, unfortunately, end of life for security was, I think, October 2016. Oh. So for about a year, this phone basically has not get any update. So all the bugs that have been disclosed can be used by attackers uh, to uh, to affect these phones. Is that the same for Apple phones? Not as far as you know. Okay, well, when you're done here recording, I might just go down to the Apple store and finally uh, cave and uh, join the iPhone army. In the meantime, I have my Android Nexus 5 phone and I have downloaded your malware demo software onto it and I am going to open it and see what happens. So, again, this application was as a developed as a proof of concept. Okay. So basically, the user can actually play with it and to see the attack or not. So as a test, you can press on uh, Start a Grid Attack, the first button. Okay. Oh. You should see a grid popping out. Yep, that looks a lot. There's a grid that looks a lot like a keyboard. Exactly. So what's happening is there, my attack is creating a number of windows so that when you click on them, I understand exactly where you clicked. And, uh, you know, that's just for demonstration purposes. You actually see the grid on top of the keyboard. Yeah, if you change the switch and you, if you set the application to show, to not show the attack, basically the, the, the grid is drawn invisible. So, so what I'm seeing here, Yannick, is, you know, and, and, and this is a, a demo version uh, of, of your malware. On my phone, there's, there's a grid where the keyboard would be and and i'm guessing and tell me if i'm right you've mapped the screen so whenever i hit a button it will tell you what the corresponding letter is is that correct correct okay and so so you know if i try logging into something you'll be able to capture everything i'm typing that's exactly what's happening so whenever you open I don't know, facebook to put your facebook password basically our grid is actually drawn on top of the keyboard you're using and so we kind of do some kind of user interface man in the middle and try to understand exactly where you click and so we can infer your passwords what's some messages and things like this okay so should we have some fun with this <laughs> okay so let's let me try and what if i sign into gmail all right here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna type. I'm I'm at Gmail. I'm gonna type in my Gmail address. Okay. Okay. So my email address and my. I've just I've just I've entered my username and password. Can you can you see anything on your yep, end? Yep. I can see. Yeah, gmail.com and the password seems to be unable. Is that correct? Wow. So. So. <laughs> so that's crazy. So you've you've. It worked. And so. Using the same logic, could you? I'm now writing an email to my dad. Assumably, you're going to get that email to my dad or anything that I type into my phone. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. And 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 once I've I've inadvertently opened up this malware because I'm an idiot, will it just stay open as long as 
I have this phone. Yeah, of course. And in general case, the user doesn't know this interfering in any way with the user activity. So why should you close your Flash application? You can run in the background. And and so I'm on Facebook, I'm on Gmail, I'm clicking around and you're recording everything. Yep. <laughs> this is so evil. Well, let me, while we have this one up and running, mm-hmm. I'm going to send you a secret private message. You, te- you tell me if you get it. Okay. All right. I see. Hello, Yannick. Enter, enter. How is the... So how was the weather today in France, I guess? But that's an obvious answer. It's very sunny. Temperature is perfect. <laughs> okay, per- perfect. Excellent. Okay, so, so I've, learned, I've learned some cell phones have basically a best before date for security. Yes. The advice I've heard a lot on this show is, you know, just make sure you're, you're updated to the latest software update. But, Which, but I, I would never consider that at some point that'll just stop happening. It's a big push to force users to change phones if you want to be yeah. security-wise updated. Yeah. Yannick, thank you so much. I appreciate this. Absolutely. So, Bruce, Yannick's uh, hack was kind of underwhelming in that it was so easy for him to do it. <laughs> and I think that's, that's what kind of chills me, is that it seems very simple to be able to log everything I type on my mobile device, which would be every text message to my wife, every password, every right. everything. And, and if somebody actually had the ability to do that, or which they do mm-hmm. uh, on my phone, that's a lot of personal information. It is, you know, and, and it's interesting. It's, a, it's, it's an interesting approach to getting at your data, right? I mean, you could create some sort of exploit that copies off the information on your phone or, or, or accesses, you know, your, your history or things like that. But why not just make it easier and just record <laughs> everything that you do, right? Yeah. Well, I know. And, and so simple. And, you know, this is just a, a, my understanding, a small amount of script that for the purpose of the demo, all it was was the script, but this could be hidden in, in any sort of app. Right. It could be, you know, any, any app that you see on the app store, um, you know, it could potentially be in, in a mobile web page that you come, come across. Um, there's, there's all sorts of methods to, to propagate this sort of attack. Now, the reason that your phone was vulnerable is because that, that particular vulnerability has been fixed, uh, you know, quite a while afterwards. So that's, again, that's that issue of having older devices that are no longer supported and updated. So, yeah, and, and that's certainly the my big takeaway from this mm-hmm. is that, you know, despite the fact that for whatever reasons, I want to hang on to my old phones. Mm-hmm. But as I learned today, it's not fine because if Google or Apple or whatever decides to stop supporting it with security patches, you really can't use it. Yeah, no, it's true. And and that's where you kind of look at the different uh, approaches to to the operating system, right? You've got Apple with its walled garden approach, which does a pretty good job of keeping a lot of these exploits out of circulation and and helping to keep, you know, the the hand-me-down phones and and tablets that my kids have uh, are still secure because, you know, where else are they going to have, you know, some sort of vector coming in, right? There's the the app store itself is pretty well protected. Uh, But then you look at, you know, Android's approach, which is kind of a Wild West sort of approach. Uh, You've got, you still have a lot of holes that are open on these these older devices. So Bruce, if I want to keep my old clunker mm-hmm. nexus 5 going uh i'm not totally 100 sure that i do but 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 if i do 
what can I do to, to keep my phone safe? Well, you know, always be careful about what you're downloading. Okay. Right. You know, you, we, we have this kind of knee-jerk response to immediately download. You know, if somebody sends us an attachment, we open it automatically, right? Or if someone sends a link, you want to click on it, right? But, you know, I, I just always recommend that you you be you be careful when you do that, right? Because make sure that, you know, the attachment that somebody sent you was actually intended. And it's not just some sort of malware pretending to be them. And again, that, that's something that I would now automatically be suspicious of on my laptop. Right. But I just wouldn't think of it on my cell phone. But I guess what you're saying is I should translate that same behavior to my mobile as well. Yeah, because, uh, you know, over the past few years, I mean, there's definitely been a steady increase in malware for for laptop. But we've seen a huge increase over the past, I'd say, five years in malware for mobile devices. Wow. You know, the Android is, is being constantly attacked. Um, and so it's something that, you know, the, the bad guys realize that this is where everyone's spending all of their time on their mobile device. So, of course, there's going to be more malware for those devices. Okay. Is there, is there anything else that I can do? Yeah, make sure that you you update your devices regularly, right? You know, even that old, you know, clunker that you've got uh, <laughs> sitting around, yeah. you know, check and make sure that they're, you know, that you have all of the updates uh, installed and ready. And on older devices, especially older Android devices, you may have to do a little hunting around. Okay. Right? There may not be an official patch that has come out, but there may be, you know, open source community uh, efforts to, you know, to patch vulnerabilities that exist out there. Okay, so, so if I have this right, all of the behaviors... I have on my laptop in terms of don't open weird things that, mm -hmm. you know, my mom sends me that don't look like it's coming from my mom. I should be equally as careful on my mobile device. That's number one. And number two is that I should update my device regularly, which I do. But what I'm hearing from you is if I got an older device, it they might not just be sent to my phone. I may have to dig around a little bit and find right. find that security patch somewhere in the in the interweb that's right but you know from a reliable source right <laughs> from a reliable oh yeah so great so now i'm finding the patch and now i have to make sure no <sighs> no russian websites or you know, things <laughs> okay. like that so so i guess my final question as a guy who likes hanging on to his stuff partially because i'm cheap but also partially because <laughs> i just find that i don't want to have to get sucked into the latest and greatest shiniest phone every two years sure can i keep my old phone or do i do I have no choice to but to upgrade and surrender to the insanity of the of the cell phone industry? You you can keep your old phone. You just have to be more careful, right? And and I, I think I've made this analogy before, but it's it's like it's like an old car. Yeah. Right. I I don't I don't drive my my '65 Mustang like I drive my three year old vehicle that I have. Right. Okay. You know you've you've got different things that you have to take care of, things that you have to watch out for. Same thing with an older device. There may be patches out there that you have to hunt down. There's things different things that you have to do, but it's still usable. You just have to be a little bit more careful. Okay. So I can I can hang on to my old phone, I just have to kick the tires. Yeah, you do. You can tell I don't know anything about cars. Is kick the tires, do you do that to an old car? What do you do? You can kick you tires, yeah, okay. sure. <laughs> I, I, that's, that's my contribution to auto mechanics. Yep, tires seem kickable. like they're a thing. They're kickable, that's, we that's can perfect. Kick them. All right, Bruce, thank you. I appreciate this. Thank you, Jeff. It was a pleasure. All right. My name is Jeff Siskind, and you've been listening to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. If you want to find out more about mobile security or anything we talked about on today's show, please check out our website. That's hackablepodcast.com. 
And if you're a hacker and you have a hack you think would be absolutely perfect for the show, please get in touch with us and let us know what you can do. And you can do that at our website. Again, that's hackablepodcast.com. And if you haven't already, you can subscribe to the show for free at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And each episode will be delivered to your mobile device the second it's released. And we promise each episode will arrive on your mobile phone and will in fact be 100% malware free. Next episode in two weeks. Thanks for listening.